are you practicing habits or are you endeavoring or pursuing ambitions or success and possibly could be practicing some things that could cost you your family? Well, in this video, I'm going to talk about five things that could possibly cause an entrepreneur or a highly successful person to lose their family. Before I get into that, let me define a phrase that I've, uh, uh, I guess I coined. I'm not sure if I'm the first, but I, I'm the first to myself to coin this phrase of what it means to be a familypreneur, what it means to be a familypreneur and how to safeguard yourself from losing one of your most prized things that you have in your life and that's your family now i want to first define what a familypreneur is and then want to get into some problems some causes and some, some solutions to help you begin to understand uh whether or not you're practicing habits that could cost you your family but let me first define what a familypreneur is a familypreneur is an individual who prioritizes their family's well-being and values work-life harmony ensuring that the pursuit of success in their entrepreneurial or career endeavors does not come at the expense of their family life and relationships. So again, a familypreneur is a person who prioritizes their family's well-being and values work-life harmony, ensuring that the pursuit of success in their entrepreneurial endeavors does not come at the expense of their family life and relationships. So a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of highly successful individuals, those who are out there getting it, oftentimes forfeit or, or causes themselves to be in a position to lose their family. But the goal is to shift your mindset into adopting a belief system, adopting a way of life that ensures that you don't lose or lose or misuse the loves of your life. Now, I have, there's a verse in the Bible that really um, hits home for me. It says, what profits a man if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul? And my question to you is, what profits a man or woman if they gain the whole world but lose their family? There's no profit in losing family. Let's talk about the problem. When an entrepreneur loses family, due to an overwhelming focus on ambition and success at the expense of family relationships, several negative outcomes can arise. I'm reading it again. When an entrepreneur loses his family or a highly successful person loses their family due to an overwhelming focus on ambition and success at the expense of family relationships, several negative outcomes can arise. Number one, emotional isolation and loneliness. So right now we're going to be talking about the problem um, that, that is in a lot of individuals' lives and then we're going to get to what causes that and no solutions. Give me one second. So it says emotional isolation and loneliness. The pursuit of success often requires significant time and energy leading to emotional distance from family members uh, the entrepreneur may find themselves emotionally isolated and lonely as they prioritize work over personal connections. This can result in a sense of emptiness and a lack of support during challenging times. So a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of successful people or people at the entry level 
and are pursuing these different successes, they're, they're setting themselves up to be in a position where they'll begin to feel emotionally isolated. See, God has blessed us with the with the construct called family. He blessed us with this, this creation, this design called family. And one thing that I love about family and the reason why I take this topic very seriously is because I've talked to so many men I've talked to so many individuals where they are struggling right now because they're losing the connections of their family. And now they're experiencing the consequences. Their experience, like this one says, that when they begin to pursue success, they forget that when they pursue success the devil's way, the world's way, that it often requires significant time and energy, which then leads to emotional distance from family. This entrepreneur will begin to find themselves emotionally isolated and lonely as they prioritize work over personal connections. It says this can result in a sense of emptiness and a lack of support. A lot of entrepreneurs right now, they look good online. A lot of successful people, they look good online. But when it comes to how they feel when, in that, when they're in that Bentley or in that Rolls Royce or that Mercedes Benz by themselves, they begin to feel empty. It's because they begin to invest so much of their time so much of their energy and things that don't create emotional, spiritual, and mental synergy. And now all of a sudden, now they feel empty. See, God wants us to invest in person-to-person relationships. He wants us to invest in our spouses, invest time and energy into our children. Because when we do that, it creates a level of fulfillment. It creates a level of surplus that will then help you be mobilized and energized from that synergy to be able to go out there and make more money, to make more impact. See, you'll be able to be blessed on the back end when you put your family on the front end. And when you begin to put your family in the front end and your fellowship with God begins to infuse that, then you will never have to experience this emotional isolation because when you neglect time with your family, when you neglect uh, uh, not investing in them, then my friend, you can't reap a return. See, businesses and success cannot give you what a loving wife, loving husband, and loving children can give. It can't do it. A business is not a human. A business is not a person. When God saw that Adam was alone, he didn't give him a business. When he saw that Adam was alone, he didn't give him a ministry. He gave him a woman. He gave him a person. And when you begin to neglect your, your, your human to human basic connections, then my friend, you're going to end up being disconnected and feeling empty. Number two, regret and unfulfillment. In the relentless pursuit of success, the entrepreneur may neglect or sacrifice important family moments and relationships. As a result, they may experience deep regret and unfulfillment later in life. The realization that personal achievements do not compensate for the loss of meaningful connection with loved ones can lead to a profound sense of emptiness and disappointment. I've had a couple of uh, men call me and, and, and I can hear the tears through the phone because they begin to say, man, I took this job or I took this opportunity and now I'm feeling the regrets of not being there for my children, not being there at their games. And, and yes, you provided. Yes, they were great providers, but they were great providers 
is one dimensionally. And a lot of men, especially because I'm speaking from a man's standpoint, will begin to think of provision as one dimensionally. But my friend, I want to warn you that provision is holistically. You cannot you cannot endeavor to believe that you are a, a, an amazing husband or an amazing father if you just solely provide financially. There's a lot of kids that I counsel where their fathers are successful and their families are successful, but the, the, the father is not emotionally available. The father is not spiritually astute enough, is not spiritually intellectual enough, not spiritually connected enough to be able to help with the complexities of their theological questions. Or when that child has a, a, a thought that they can't quite process all the way through, their father is not there. And then time will pass and you've provided their private schooling. You provided all the things for them. But when it comes to the holistic provision, then you will end up feeling regret because you wasn't there. And how many people right now are forcing their children to be in a vulnerable position with other men, with other people who may not be holy, who may not have the right intentions? And so a lot of people who begin to pursue ambitions and begin to pursue success, they end up having regret. It says in the relentless pursuit of success, the entrepreneur may neglect or sacrifice important family moments. Listen, the greatest present you can give your loved ones is your presence. The greatest present you can ever give someone in your family is your presence. They don't care about your money. They don't care about all that. They care about you being there. And there are certain moments that may not be important to you, but it's very important to them. And anytime you begin to put these things which are beneath their, their placement and where they should be prioritized, they're going to now create these levels of, of, of resentment and unforgiveness and, and build up these different emotional, mental, and physical holes because you wasn't there to hold them. So what significant moments are you missing right now? Are you in a place where you feel emotionally isolated? Are you in a place where you feel lonely? Are you in a place where you have regret or you feel unfulfilled? It says, as a result, they may experience deep regret and unfulfillment later in life. That's the okie doke by the enemy. The enemy does not love families because families are the bedrock to society. And he definitely attacks the men because the men are the heads of the house, the leaders of the home. And oftentimes selfish ambitions begins to creep in the hearts of men. And men will go out there and try to get the ends and try to make ends meet and try to be successful and try to extend and, and reach different levels of accomplishments. But the the but the uh back or the byproduct of that is that you begin to lose your family. You begin to lose what you need to keep you sustained. And so you don't want to get into a place where you have deep regret later, or you feel unfulfilled later. There's a lot of men right now who made babies, but they're not fathers. A lot of women right now who are ambitious and selfish ambitious and, and they're having deep regrets that they wasn't the mother they should have been. Fathers having deep regret that they wasn't the father they should have been. Husbands that let that good one get away because he focused on how many ways he can get it in different cities and now all of a sudden he's after titties and now all of a sudden he has nothing eventually. And all of a sudden now he's lost the love of his life pursuing the lusts of his life. The realization that personal achievements do not compensate. That's what, that's what I want you to get the understanding. Personal achievements do not compensate for the loss of meaningful connections. Meaning you can make all the money in the world and you still couldn't afford what a family can give you for free. 
You can have all the money in the world and you still can't afford what a loving God can give and what a loving family can give. Business, success, money cannot compensate when it comes to losing something that, that is more priceless and more valuable. That's a warning. Because a lot of people think they can pay their way out of, out of certain situations, but you can't pay your way out of something that only God and family can make away. Number three, strained relationships and broken bonds. Continuous neglect of family for career ambitions can strain relationships to the point of irreparability. Broken bonds, strained communication, and a lack of emotional connection may lead to long-lasting damage. The entrepreneur may find themselves facing a situation where family members are distant or resentful, making it challenging to rebuild trust and intimacy. How many entrepreneurs under the sound of my voice, high-level executives under the sound of my voice, highly successful people under the sound of my voice, high-achieving, high-performing individuals right now are straining their relationships in their home? to strengthen relationship outside of their home. See, the stronger the bonds in your home will strengthen the bonds outside of your home. The more you strengthen that bond between you and your wife, you and your husband, strengthen those bonds between you and, and your children, strengthen those bonds between you and God, those things will be begin to be lifelines by which family support, by divine favor can flow into you. And then give favor outside of your home to then strengthen those bonds. But when you begin to strengthen bonds outside of your home, then those bonds are the only cores, pathways, vines that can support you. And those things outside of your home cannot feed your home. But the best thing is to be supported by God, favored by God, supported by family, loved by family. So when you step out of the home, you have core values. You have ethical uh, a soundness of mind and you're able to handle things. But when you begin to strain these relationships, because family at times can be considerate. Family at times can 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 have long suffering. They'll say, OK, dad, cool. OK, mom, cool. They'll, they'll do that three or four or five times. But after a period of time, when you stop showing up. And they begin to get smart enough to realize that that your excuses don't make sense to them. And then when you go outside of your home and you begin to choose those things, it strains them. It puts them in compromising situations. It opens the door for the enemy to creep in. It opens the door to get your wife um, processing thoughts that she was not supposed to be processing. Cause your husband to think about things that he wasn't even trying to think of. Cause your children to compare themselves. Cause your children. I see this in ministry all the time. How pastors and preachers who are ambitious and successful. And then their kids come talk to me talking about that he loved the church more than his own home. Continuous neglect of family for career ambitions can strain relationship to the point of irreparability. That's scary. That there are certain things that will cause it to be irreparable. Do you know God will save you from your sins, my friend? But he won't always save you from the consequences of those sins? That you can actually lose your wife? And no, it don't matter how many prayers you pray, you won't get her back, that you can lose your children. And there's no not, not too many prayers you can pray to get them back. 
because now you put them in certain predicaments, certain addictions, certain lifestyles that make it very complicated. And since churches are, are malfunctioning, therefore creating malnourishment, they don't have the spiritual support in these cathedrals or these churches to be able to support them. Now, all of a sudden, now they're caught up in the worldwide web of confusion, the worldwide web of looking for identity. All because you didn't stand in your identity and what you should have been identifying yourself as um, a father, a mother, a husband or a wife or a parent. So continuous neglect. There are certain things when we make certain decisions to start a family, we can't neglect. Soon as I made my wife my wife, I can't neglect. The moment <clears throat> I played a part in conceiving my child, I can't neglect. And if you feel like you are going to neglect the wife, neglect the husband, neglect your children, and my friend, don't start a family. Once you start a family, my friend, there is responsibilities for you. There's responsibilities for me. Continuous neglect of family for career ambitions can strain relationship to the point of irreparability, broken bonds, strained communication. And a lack of emotional connection may lead to long lasting damage. What damage have you done? What damage are you creating? The entrepreneur may find themselves facing a situation where family members are distant or resentful, making it challenging to rebuild trust and intimacy. I wrote here, these outcomes underscore the importance of maintaining a healthy balance between entrepreneurial pursuits and family life. While ambition and success are admirable, it's crucial for entrepreneurs and highly successful people to recognize the significance of nurturing and prioritizing their relationships with family members. Achieving success at the cost of losing family support and connection can result in profound personal and emotional consequences. So this video was designed to save you. For those early uh, uh, entry-level entrepreneurs, execs, ambitious individuals to get you thinking, like, like be ambitious while you're single. <laughs> but, but when you start a family, you got to begin to put a cap on those ambitions. And for all those people right now who have a wife, who have a husband, who have children, are you struggling with this? Man, you got to pay attention, my friend, because the people I talk to, the kids that I coach and counsel, I'm, I hear and it put fear in me to the point to where I ensure that there are certain things installed in the way I do what I do to ensure I don't lose my family. Now let's talk about the cause. Give me one second. Let's talk about the cause. What causes these outcomes of emotional isolation and loneliness, regret and unfulfillment, and strained relationships and broken bonds? Here are five things that will ensure highly successful people or individuals lose their families and why they must become a familypreneur. Number one, neglecting quality time. If you want to position yourself in those problematic situations, you do that by neglecting quality time. Here it says, constantly prioritizing work over spending quality time with family can lead to emotional distance and strained relationships. It is very important for you and I to give those in our lives quality time. If I want quality, I have to give quality. If I want quality in return, I have to give quality. I have to invest quality time. And yes, 
in this rat race, in this success-driven entrepreneurial world where most of us find ourselves in, it is not always fun to sit there and do tea time. It's not always fun to watch your son do the do, do one dance a hundred times. It's not going to always be fun. And it may cause your ears to bleed at times to listen to your wife when she deposits and dump on you her frustrations and thoughts and joys that she that she discovered in that day. Yes, those things are not going to always be sexy and fun. But my friend, if you don't pay that bill, bill will. If you don't pay that bill, a guy named Bill will. If you don't pay that bill, another girl will. If you don't pay that bill, a pedophile will. And so if you don't think about those different things, my friend, and get those wheels turning in your mind and paying those bills and ensuring that you invest in quality time, then you're going to set yourself up to be set out of your family. And so give quality time. And I'm not sitting there saying giving quantity of time. I'm talking about quality time. And, and it's okay. It's very important for you to communicate what's going on in your life. If there is a patch, because there's no such thing as work-life balance, because each of those things have a different weight and those weights fluctuate. So it's hard to balance family and work, balance family and business when they hold different weights at different times. You'll rarely have an hour where both of those equal in weight. So the goal is to have work-life harmony. It's to harmonize the two. It's to get in the position where you begin to have boundaries, but you also have an ability where communication becomes a thread that causes harmony, where it doesn't create miscommunication or misalignment, where you begin to communicate Okay, hey, babe, for the next two months, business is going to be heavy. This is a time of the year where things are, are going are gonna to be busy. But what I'm going to do is plan quality time. It may not have, it may not be as much as last quarter. It may not be as much as last month. But what I'm going to promise you is at this hour, at on this day, we're going to do this. That would do wonders. But if you just keep speeding through, speeding through, speeding through, speeding through and don't have communication cords and don't have the right type of quality of mind from a renewed mind by which the Holy Spirit ensures you have to ensure that you begin to see the significance of just five minutes. Five minutes can change the world of a kid. Twenty minutes can change the world of your wife. It's, but, but when we don't think about it in that regard, then my friend will begin to create broken bonds and strangulation. You cannot, my friend, neglect quality time. You cannot allow them to see that you're prioritizing something beneath them above them. See, family is installed in the mind of God to be in a particular place. And God is observing how we handle the, the placements of things. God, number one, you, number two, Family number three. Now, don't confuse you at being number two is with you and what you do. No, we're talking about you, just you, not you and what you do. Most people don't say, well, I put myself second. And so that means everything I do has to be in a second place, too. No, God first mean you got to prioritize your relationship with God by by more than anything, more than your business, more than the meetings, more than the money you make, you must prioritize God first. Then you must prioritize yourself second. Examining, are you whole? Are you okay? How are you mentally? How are you emotionally? How are you physically? How are you spiritually? And that, that didn't claps you to God even more because you know I need to stay close to God so the things of God can flow through me. And then number three, to my family. Families, number three, and what you do is number four. So if you don't prioritize family where they need to be, these kids ain't dumb. 
Your spouse ain't done. And when they begin to see, hey, you're prioritizing this above me, then my friend, they're, they're going to end up becoming an enemy because you was an enemy towards them, not an enemy like they're going to. But what I'm saying, like now they become a, 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 a hindrance. Now your home is not peaceful. Now your, your kids are distant. It says failing to, oh, wrong one. It says constantly prioritizing work over spending quality time with family can lead to emotional distance and strain relationship. At one, at some point, they're going to be like, I don't even want to be around you no more. You don't provide what I need holistically. Number two, lack of communication. Failing to communicate openly with family members about work pressures, back to what I said earlier, and expectations can create misunderstandings and contribute to family disconnection. See, we have to become better communicators in our homes. We have to. If not, it's going to naturally create miscommunication, misunderstanding. And there's a lot of people that leave and not communicate what's going on at work or what's going out. Both people have to communicate. Home has to be good at communicating and the breadwinner has to be good at communicating. They both have to be good at uh, empathy and understanding and putting on each other's shoes. But if you don't communicate, then how can you properly expect them to demonstrate that they understood, understand what's going on in your life? And so failing to communicate openly, say, hey, this time of the year is busy, babe. But like I said before, this is what we can this is what we can do to ensure that we keep this thing harmonized, that we keep this thing where it needs to be, where we keep these things synergized. It says failing to open communicate uh, open uh Failing to communicate openly with family members about work pressure and expectations can create misunderstanding. Then they start believing that the reason why you leaving or cleaving is for something more important than they are to you. Number three, overworking. One of the things that you could be doing right now that be, will eventually contribute to you having regret, being emotionally isolated and having strained bonds is overworking. Excessive work hours and burnout not only harm an entrepreneur's health, but can also result in the neglect of family responsibilities, causing strain within the household. How many of us now have been guilty of this and the Lord has been working on me and now I can care less about being overly worked? And that's why I, I, I put this here now. I put it here as a warning because excessive work hours and burnout not only harm your health, but can result in neglect of family responsibility. Meaning this, that this system designed by Satan was designed to infuse into the hearts of men and women who are wired to be successful, to be selfishly ambitious or to be overly ambitious or to try to be ambitious to compensate of what happened previously or for them to be so caught up in, in comparison and competing that this, this world was designed to cause you to not pay no mind to what the divine wants you to pay mind to. Because you as an entrepreneur, me as an entrepreneur, all of us as a high achiever, successful driven individuals have to understand God's original design for work. He even demonstrated it for us. He worked six, rest one. He gave us a pattern. He gave us the, the, the balance and the harmony between work and life, causing us to give more life, causing us to have a level of vitality. But when we begin to overwork these excessive hours to prove to who to achieve what? Listen, it doesn't matter what you and I desire to achieve. It doesn't 
compare in cost and what it will cost you. Yes, you got the big house. Yes, you got the big car. Yes, you got the you got 16 bedrooms and 86 bathrooms. But my friend, you have no one there to use them. Or if you do have a family in there, it's quiet. There's no life of family, no bubbling of family, no, no, no excitement when you come through the door. And you got to think about your health, because if you're not healthy, your family won't be healthy. It is my job to make sure that I'm healthy, because if anything happens to me, man, I disrupt the order in their life. If I die prematurely or excessively working or die prematurely, not taking care of myself or die prematurely or become ill or, or un unable to, to be who I need to be, it disrupts their energy. It disrupts their synergy. It disrupts them. Because if I'm sick, my mind's on the sickness. If my mind is all these different things, then what? how would I be able to contribute to what they need? So we have to pursue success God's way. We are in partnership with God. Promotion doesn't come from east to west. It comes from God. God cares about you being at the feet of the master. He cares about you being a master over your home, being a steward over your home is what I'm saying, and for you to master your craft. The when, the where, and the how is God's responsibility. God only cares about you folks on the who and the what. Who God is, who he is to you, who you are to you, who you are to them, and what you're supposed to do right now in this moment. What is the best thing? What is the God thing that God wants you to do at, the, at this moment? When you focus on the who and the what, God will take care of the when, the where, and the how. And so when you begin to let God do the when, the where, and the how, you have more time to spend time, quality time with family, knowing that God has already worked on your behalf. God is not working things out for you. God has already worked things out for you. God just wants you to work in a particular level of work to unlock what has already been worked out for you, meaning he wants you to work and and, and becoming a, a, a discipline. He wants you to work and becoming doing what you need to do in your household. He wants you to work the work that he has given you. And then as you become the individual able to manage at this level, then he can unlock the blessings at this level. Because if you can't manage work, if you can't manage work and family at this level, you're not going to be able to manage work at this level. If you're losing your wife now as we speak, losing your husband as we speak, losing your children as we speak, and you're only making six figures a month, what's going to happen when you make seven figures a month? So if you can't handle five figures a month in your business, if you can't handle six figures a month in your business and being able to manage both work and life and family, then God is not going to open the floodgates of heaven to pour you out a next level blessing that you don't have room to receive. And so when you begin to think about it, they like, man, am I working too hard? Next point, failure to set boundaries. One, two, three, four, five. I got six, oh, five things. Failure to set boundaries. Not establishing clear boundaries between work and personal life will lead to work encroaching on family time, causing frustration and resentment among families. You got to tell that boss. You got to tell that marketplace. <clears throat> you got to tell the demands of your clients. Hey, at this time, there's no time for me. There has to be a time where everything stops. You know where they, the, I think it's the Atlantic and the Pacific Ocean where they meet and there's a line through it. They don't cross. You don't allow salt water to cross over into fresh water. It can't happen. 
And so when you allow the saltiness of the work life to come into the freshness of your home life, then my friend, it's going to cause confusion. It's going to cause resentment. So you have to set clear boundaries at this hour and between these hours is family time. And it has to be installed in, in your ideologies when it comes to your companies, when it comes to your business, when it comes to your ambitions, you got to say, hey, I trust God. That if I stop at five o'clock, I trust God that God will compensate because I put in first place my family over this. God will honor that. You have to have an hour say, this is where I stop. I don't do anything beyond this time. This is all family time. That will do wonders in your life. So not establishing clear boundaries between work and personal life may lead to work encroaching on family time. Now, all of a sudden, that phone, you got to cut the phone off, close the laptop when it comes to family time. Because, yes, your son is on the 20th time of showing you that dance, but it's on that 21st time. Kids don't care how long you've been, they've been doing something. They care about you being there the whole time. Spouses don't care about, about what work has to do when you've been at work all day and they've been holding all of this energy, holding all of these concerns, holding all these different things, and, and they're expecting you to give you their ear. Listen, I notice in my life, it doesn't matter how many kids I counsel a day. It doesn't matter how many teachers I counsel a day. It doesn't matter how many coaching calls I have in a day. At about 6.45 or 9.30 at night, my wife is going to open her mouth and talk. And she don't give a flip about all the stuff I had to flip and do at my job or in my life. I have to have a supernatural bandwidth and support and supply to give her that ear without no facial expressions, without no demeanor, without no looking at my phone. That's not fair to her. And at any given moment, my life becomes too full for her that I am not going to be a fool for her. What I'm going to do, I'm going to start cutting things off and begin to say, hey, this is too much. Hey, y'all asking too much. You know what? I'll get to that on Monday. You have an attitude about it, then I'm, I'm not working here no more. You have an attitude about it, then I don't serve here anymore. If you have an attitude about it, it doesn't matter about your attitude because I don't need attitudes where I lay my head. So I got to make sure they're fed. So you have to set boundaries, my friends. You got to say, hey, man, you, you just can't cross this line. This is family time. Financial stress. Poor financial management or taking excessive risk in the business without considering the family's financial well-being can create tension and instability impacting family relationships. You got to start thinking about, hey, you just can't be. Hey, listen, if you're going to take a lot of risk, take a lot of risk single so that you're the only one that suffers. <laughs> I can't afford to take a risk because if I take a risk, man, I risk missing out. I risk causing them to miss out. I risk putting us, our, us in a negative situation. So a familypreneur is an individual that prioritizes their family, that ensures their family is, is solid more than they care about their business being solid. Because my friend, if you take care of your family's business, God will take care of your business. It says being a filmpreneur is crucial to avoid these pitfalls. It involves consciously balancing work commitments with family priorities, fostering open communication, setting boundaries, and ensuring the well-being of both the business and the family unit. This approach contributes to a healthier work-life integration and sustains meaningful relationships. It, uh, what profits a man or a woman 
if they gain this whole world but lose their family. Let's go into the solutions. I have a few scripts that I want to read that will set the tone and the foundation for the solutions of what it means to become a familypreneur and what it means to put family first. We're talking about not family first above God or family above I'm talking family first when it comes to one and two slots. Family first when it comes to you, when it comes to family and business and ambitions. It says to become a successful familypreneur, consider the following points. Oh, wrong place. Let's read, let's go over these scriptures real quickly that will help you put in perspective what it means to hold your position in family. Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way they should go. So even when he or she is old, they will not depart from it. Very key. This verse highlights the significance of early guidance and training for children. Familypreneurs can focus on instilling values, fostering a nurturing environment, and providing emotional support to help their children navigate life with resilience and virtue. So how can you train up your child when you're too focused on training up employees? How can you train up your child in the way they should go so that when they get older, they won't depart from it when you're always departing from them? See, as a entrepreneur, you understand, hey, I got to install these core values. I have to be present to train my child. I have to be there to train them. Because I have to be emotionally there for them to be emotionally connected enough for me to be able to be emotionally trusted enough to train them. So train up a child in the way they should go. And the best way to train up a child is actually being present. Because kids catch, they, 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 they what's the phrase? Most things in your home is caught and taught. They catch it before they before you can even teach it. And so you got to be there. And one thing kids are watching is how you handle your position as a spouse. Children observe everything in their house. They observe how you treat their mama. How do you treat their dad? They see those different things. And as they get older, they begin to say this is out of order or this thing is actually in order because look at the environment that's created. This verse highlights the significance of early guidance and training for children. Familypreneurs can focus on instilling value. So they say, man, I'm going to be a person of value so that I can instill values. Fostering a nurturing environment. It's hard to nurture a, 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 a nurturing. It's, it's hard to create a nurturing environment if there's no nutrition in the environment. Love, joy, peace, the fruit of the spirit are nutritious. And when people begin to bite from your life in your household, they can be uh, nurtured, nutritioned, and it creates a nurturing environment because there's love there. What we're talking about genuine joy. Do you know when you have the fruit of the spirit, when you have godly characteristics and you have things in proper order, it creates in an environment. You don't even have to write what type of environment you want. You, by how you live your life will determine what environment you create. If you're a poor communicator, it's going to create a bunch of misunderstanding and a bunch of, of stuff out of order because of bad communication. If there's a lack of emotional support and care, it creates a tension home. It creates buildup. Now, your kids are now feeling the byproduct of how you've neglected your place as a home as a dad. Because if you don't take care of their mother, 
What you put in a mother will be in those children. So I got to make sure that my wife is mentally good, emotionally good. And if I mess up, I come quickly to uh, make up because I don't got time for that energy to be put into my daughter. I remember one time my, my wife and I, we was having a, a conversation, jokingly tense. And then our daughter in her lap begins to cry because if she felt it, there's stuff even on Superbook that my daughter, when she sees a, a, a bad guy or something like that, she'll run and she'll, she, so kids feel, kids are sensitive. And if you're not sensitive to the needs of those in your home, they will feel it. So in order to train up a child, you have to create a, a, a nurturing environment. You got to foster it. And yes, there's going to be moments when you argue, yes, but that cannot be the, the state of your home. It can be a moment in your home, but it can't be a monument in your home. And providing emotional support to help their children navigate life with resilience and virtue. If they don't feel like they can come to you, then they're not going to come to you. So you got to provide emotional support. A lot of the kids that I counsel, I'm a counselor at my school, a dean of students. Uh, I do a lot of stuff. And, and, and as so many kids come to me and they're talking about how their parents are there, but their parents aren't there. I have kids that's graduated in college. They will, they will message me or call me and be like, hey, Mr. Ezzy, man, grown, like young men talking about man. Like, like I've realized I, I don't know how to emotionally engage this world because my home was too spiritual. My friend, do not put the church before your family. Do not put, don't be so spiritual that you're no family good. Don't be so spiritual that you're not good to your family. There's a lot of kids that I talk to that have a uh, uh, highly spiritual cloud nine Christian parents in their home. And these kids come to me and talk about all they, all they hear is pray about it. All they hear is go read the Bible. They, these people are only good, barely good at spiritual things. But because they have spiritualized everything, they forget how to, they don't even know how to develop themselves emotionally. And because a lot of parents have emotional wounds, and as soon as a lot of parents are mentally bogged down, they haven't had no time in their previous life or a single life where they actually cultivated a mindset cultivating a, a systems of emotional regulating so they can be able to emotionally relate to their kids. So how can you create a, a, a nurturing environment and provide emotional support to train up a child if you ain't trained yourself up? Because you don't want your kids to, to do a docu-series on how they surviving you. I want my daughter, I want my family to be like, man, because like, I love my wife be like when she says she don't feel good <clears throat> and she got a sister, she's got mama, she's got nieces. And she said, the one person I always want to be there, I don't is me. <laughs> that that's, that's, that's a notch you put on your belt because they want, they know that when you're present, <clears throat> peace is present. Colossians 3, 23 to 24 says, whatever you do, Work heartily, ask for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as a reward. Whatever you do, business, <clears throat> climbing the corporate ladder, whatever it is, do it unto the Lord. It is says do it unto God. God just means supreme, top, top dog. <laughs> he is who he is. Lord means I'm doing everything unto the Lord, meaning that my life is submitted to his lordship. 
that my life is submitted to his leading. So everything that I do, I let him lead me in how I do it. So even if you work in a very toxic, competitive environment, there's this thing called favor. It don't matter what, what boss or what they require. You stand on biblical principles. You stand on family principles and they'll be moved before you move. Your business will be more blessed because you take care of family. Look at Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A closed on Sundays and is the num and they are still the number one fast food chain in America where when Sundays are the most profitable days. They took a stance. I don't, I don't know where they stand sorry, right now. I'm just talking about foundationally. And sometimes a company can be blessed because of their foundational and, and, and uh, uh, founding fathers. So I don't know what their beliefs and their stance now, but because they stand on that, They've been blessed for that. So when you stand on the things of God and you stand on what the word of God says and you let the Holy Spirit lead, you will never lose. You will never suffer. And whatever you lose for standing for God was, was actually a gain. So whatever you do, work heartily, ask for the Lord and not for men. And when you do things for men to brown nose, to get in certain rooms or to get uh, 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 receptions and, and uh, encores, do you want more from people outside of your family than you do from the people in your family? Then, my friend, you will be imbalanced. You won't have harmony. I want encores in my home more than I have encores and likes and, and shares and comments online. It says here, um, you are serving the Lord Christ. Oh, that's the verse. Okay. Familypreneurs are encouraged to approach their roles in the family with dedication and a sense of service to God. This perspective promotes a family environment where each member's contributions are valued, fostering mutual respect and creating a culture of support and encouragement. So when you work into the Lord and you do it for him, then you have a different type of mindset. Your mindset will be solely on the fact that I have to obey. Whatever the word says, I obey because I know that when I do this, that the Lord, I will receive an inheritance and a reward because I'm serving the Lord Christ. Do you know <clears throat> your greatest service is in your home? It doesn't matter the five stars you get in your company. It doesn't matter the feedback and how, how much your retention is. How What type of star quality do you get at home? Will your daughter give you a five star? Will your son give you a five star? Will your wife give you a five star? Will your husband give you a five star? What reviews will they leave for you if they could leave a review? I wish there was a website where you can go and leave a review. <laughs> a family review. Well, I guess I guess the family, no matter what the family review is, that, that person know that was them. But either way, that, that would be some um, some great discussion. Right now, it would be a great activity for you to go to your spouse and say, what review, what, what star rating would you give me? Go to your, go to your wife and ask her, what, what, what star review would you give me? What, what would you give me? Two stars, five stars? How have I been as a husband lately? How have I been as a wife lately? Kids, how have I been as a parent lately? Get those honest reviews. Find out if you five star. Find out if you are. Because, because when you begin to take that into consideration, Above how hard you go in considering your customers, man, you will begin to see things change in your life. This perspective promotes a family environment where each member's contributions are valued. So you'll begin to say, hey, man, I value what you did there, son. 
I value instead of looking for perfection and you begin to make them feel valued. You do you know when you make a person feel valued, they'll eat, they'll add more value. Let's keep going for time's sake. First Timothy 5 8. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for the members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. But if anyone does not provide for his relative, oh, that sounds financial. We're talking about holistic provision. If you're not providing the spiritual things they need from you, the mental support they need from you, the emotional support they need from you, the physical presence that they need from you, my friend, you're, you're not in position. You're not truly providing. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for the members of their household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Do you know that some unbelievers out there that's better to their films than some believers are? Let's read. Filmpreneurs can focus on the holistic well-being of their families, ensuring physical, emotional, and spiritual needs are met, fostering a supportive and caring family environment. So you got to start thinking about what do you provide holistically? What do you provide? Yes, you may provide a lot financially. And yes, you may be able to provide a lot spiritually. But do you know if you only provide spiritual things, that's still a portion of the equation? Do you know how many people can give a kid a verse, give their children verses, give their wife verses? But then it, it, when it comes to emotions, they in verses, 1v1, 1v2. Like, like, like now because you you all you do is add verses, now you add in adversity because you don't know how to be there emotionally, mentally. Some people are too spiritual to be any earthly good. Proverbs 14, 23, in all toil, there is profit, but mere talk tends only to poverty. In all toil, there's profit. I'm talking about when you toil in your marriage, you're going to profit. If you toil in your children's life, you're a profit. You actually profit more from the family than you will profit in business. How do I know? This thing called favor of God. When you take care of what God wants you to take care of first, he takes care of the rest. If you don't toil, it'll spoil. If you don't toil your children, you end up with spoiled children. If you don't toil your wife, then it will smell like spoiledness in your home. Her emotions will smell. Her disposition will smell. She won't blossom as a flower because of who you are. And vice versa, your husband as well. There's a lot of women out there who's ambitious, successful, and they're, de and they're decapitating their husbands, destroying the, the king in their husbands. And that's where the flip-flop has occurred in modern-day society. We have overly masculated women and overly feminized men. And when you have feminized men and masculine women, then it causes a disorder in society, disorder in the home, disorder everywhere. And so there's a lot of women right now that's taking on male-like tendencies, male-like energy, and you're wondering why you're single. Ain't no man want to marry you unless he's gay, unless, unless he's going to benefit some kind of way, unless you're a cougar or a sugar mama. But man, when you're giving off that masculine energy, man, it can't create divine synergy. And fellas, if you're creating that feminine energy, it can't create divine synergy. But mere talk tends only to poverty, meaning that you know how many times you made promises, but it was all talk and no walk. 
I'd rather be all, I'd rather be more walk than talk. People should learn more from the way you walk than what you say out of your mouth. And so when you only talk about what you do and you create these false promises, it creates poverty in that child. So when you want something from that child, there's nothing there. When you want something from, from your from your wife, that, that her, 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 her essence is bare. Because you're all talk. Let's read. Familypreneurs can apply this by cultivating a strong work ethic within the family, emphasizing the value of effort, responsibility, and diligence in various aspects of family life. They need to see that you're invested in your marriage. Your wife needs to feel that you're invested. Your husband needs to feel that you're invested more than you are invested in your company. And that's a heart issue. If that's a tug for you, then you got to get on a rug for you. If that's a tug, get on a rug and pray. Repent. Talk to God to see where the dents are. If you feel the tug, get on the rug and pray and be in on, on your face before God until he gives you understanding. Until he gives you revelation, until he exposes your heart. It don't take long for your heart to be exposed. Not, you don't have to be on the rug for five hours. You can be on the rug for five minutes and get all clarity you need on the areas that's causing you to be more in this arena than in your own home. So when you're a feminpreneur, you begin to cultivate strong work ethic. It takes work ethic to be a husband. Man, I listen, I'm telling you, it takes, it takes a work ethic. It takes discipline. It takes consistency. And I don't always feel like it. I don't always feel like being, or I don't, I don't, I always feel like being a husband. Don't get it wrong. But I don't always feel like doing what a husband does. Nobody married wants to. You don't always feel like it, but the facts make you feel like it. <laughs> you ain't gonna always feel like it, but when you go through the facts long enough, you'll feel like it. <laughs> I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be unfulfilled and have regret. I don't want to, okay, babe, what you need? I'm listening. I don't want to feel that. Proverbs 16.3, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Femipreneurs can commit their family life to the Lord, seeking guidance and wisdom and decision-making, parenting, foster relationships. Trusting in God's plan can bring a sense of peace and purpose to the family dynamics. So commit your work, commit your husband work to the Lord. Commit your wife work to the Lord. Commit your parenting work to the Lord. And ask him to lead. Seek guidance. And then you will see your plans established. See, when you commit all your works to the Lord, you'll be surprised how many plans will become established. I have plans to make a lot of money, to be generationally impactful to my family. I have plans. But if I don't plan to, to ensure that my family's solid, if I don't plan to commit my work as a husband to the Lord, commit my work as a father to the Lord, then these plans won't be established. Because if I don't establish a strong foundation here, then I'm going to be weak over here. And that's something for you to think about. Ephesians 6, 4, man. Uh, I think I skipped one. Uh, oh, man, I do got another verse. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. This verse emphasizes the role of parents in nurturing and instructing their children. Familypreneurs can prioritize creating a loving and supportive family atmosphere, focusing on communication, understanding, and providing guidance, rooting, and faith. We, if we don't, If we're not there in our kids' lives, man, it's going to create anger later in life. I got a verse that I want to read real quick. And I thought I put it in my notes, but I, I, I guess I'm seeing that I didn't. Let me find this verse. This is a verse for all my, my husbands out there. You heard me say it in many videos. 
And it's a verse that I that I that is uh is uh sketched in my heart as a reminder. <clears throat> I just gotta make sure I know where it's at. Uh let me see. Give me one second. I'm gonna find it. Give me one second to have it. Oh man. Go ahead and let me know what you've been getting from this so far. If you're watching live. Share something. Hey, man, this is what I'm getting from this coach. And if you know of an entrepreneur, you just say, hey, coach, man, that's not even this only really apply to me, but I'm getting gems and jewels anyway. Send this off to someone that, you know, will benefit from it. And where's that verse? At? Give me one second. Here it is. First Peter three, one through two. It says likewise. No wrong one. It says likewise, husbands. Live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Every husband entrepreneur, every husband under the sound of my voice, you must take this verse to heart. It says, live with your wives in an understanding way. Man, fellas, it is very important for us to understand. See, as the head of the house, you have to be a person that can understand. You got to sit back even when it doesn't make sense. And times they're going to be, their words are going to be infused with emotions. And at times it's going to cause your logistical brain to malfunction at times. But you got to tap in to the head of your life, the Holy Spirit, which will then give you insight and revelation to understand where they're coming from. Or have a level of long suffering, have a level of patience to at least, at least find understanding, to at least gain understanding understanding. It says live with your wives in an understanding way. That means live in an understanding temperament. That sometimes it ain't going to make sense, but I understand where you're coming from. The Holy Spirit has gifted us with a logistical mind. And some of us, we have the gift of foresight where you can be able to understand why your wife is expressing how she feels. And then you can begin to say that if I have a good wife and she's acting this way, then it, is it because of my poor communication? Is it because there's a, or I have enough problem solving skills to know that she's hungry? <laughs> oh, oh, I know what this means. Oh, babe, let's go to her. Boom, you solve the problem. It says live with your wives, meaning you have to actually live with them. To get to know them, to know what bothers them. Uh, one thing my wife, she said early in our marriage, it, it creeped her out was that, that I'm so attuned to details that if her if her disposition is off by a milli, a millisecond, if, if her words are delayed by a millisecond, I'd be like, what's wrong? And she'd be like, nothing. At first she'd be like, nothing. And then she'd be like, every time you did that, you were spot on. I got to live with you. Don't just live with your wife in a way where you're just biologically there. You got to live with them and be attentive. It says in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman. You have to honor her. You have to make sure that she feels honored, even when she don't even know she's being honored. Like when you're around other women, honor her. When you're around in certain situations, honor her. So it doesn't come back to dishonor her. That you that she don't get word from the hill valleys and <clears throat> from, from this this person that, oh, I saw your husband doing this, or your husband's kind of friendly. 
that she should be honored even when she don't even know she's being honored. And she has to be honored when she's actually in your presence. Then it says, because of the weaker vessel, God created them to be weaker in certain areas. But you see how uh, the word of God balanced it though. It says, since they are heirs with you with a grace of life. So they're heirs, they're equal to you. But they're not equal in every area. They're equal in value. But they may not be equal, equal in the distribution of value. For instance, my wife is not stronger than me. So I have to be understanding. My wife is not logical as me. So I have to be understanding. Typically, those who are the weaker physically and, and the more emotional prone need a strong leader, need a strong man. They need someone that can understand because they are more emotional. They need a man that can understand because they 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 deal with identity issues at time in comparison. So they, so me as a husband, I got to make sure she always feel honored, so she can always feel beautiful. And that's why women are need reassurance sometimes. It don't because they mean they're insecure or low self esteem. It's because they're a weaker vessel. So if I do my part. I don't have to worry about her falling apart. And if you do your part, she won't fall apart. Showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel says they are heirs with you of the grace of life. So that your prayers in business, your prayers on the job, your prayers of success may not be hindered. If you are hindering your wife from being understood, if you are a hindrance from your wife from, from being uh uh, 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 honored, then you're hindering your own blessings. This verse emphasizes the importance of husbands treating their wives understanding and honor. It suggests that if husbands fail to do so, it will hinder their prayers. It highlights the interconnectedness of relational dynamics and spiritual life. Everything in life is interconnected. You cannot mistreat and not treat your home right and expect God to give you favor on business. You can't. It doesn't work. They're all interconnected. How you and God are is interconnected how you and you are. How you and you are is how you and they are. They're all interconnected. It's showing you that relationship dynamics and spiritual life are connected because you're just not married to a physical person. You married to something spiritual. Everything in life is spiritual. Every, everything that is physical was birthed by something spiritual. Your mind is spiritual. Like who you are, that creative power and flow and authenticity and personality is spiritual. So your wife is a spirit. You are a spirit. And all, if all you want is sex, you're missing the full equation. In order to have intense physical intimacy, there has to be spiritual intimacy. If there's no spiritual intimacy between you and God, and if you and God ain't close, don't expect you and her body to be close. And please understand what I mean by you and God being close. We talk about intimacy starts within. Sex is the byproduct of already felt intimacy. The devil downgraded intimacy to sex because he wants everybody to be sexualized and not embrace the intimacy that comes from the spiritual being of who we are. So if there's no spiritual intimacy, if there's no spiritual connection, then my friend, you husbands don't expect physical connection. Now, let's get back to the original scheduled program. Now, to become a successful film entrepreneur, and I'm done in 15 minutes, consider the following points using the acronym FAMILY. To become a successful entrepreneur, and I also have a worksheet that goes with this. 
that's going to help a lot of families, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of successful individuals, those who desire to be, to ensure everything is placed where they need to be. To become a, a successful familypreneur, consider the following points using the acronym FAMILY, F-A-M-I-L-Y, quickly. Foster communication. If you want to become a familypreneur and you don't want your entrepreneurial endeavors to, to uh, erode your family dynamics, foster communication. Here it is. Establish open and honest communication with your family. Discuss business plans, challenges, and goals together to ensure transparency and unity. One thing that I realized in my marriage, I've I've noticed in the last six years, all they really want is transparency. They want to know where are you at right now? Where is the money at right now? Where is everything at right now? Because transparency gives women peace. Where are you are spiritually? Where are you are and vice versa. And it establishes unity. So when you have communication, I'm going to do a communication video later. I'm, I'm really going to hamper into this entrepreneurship to save a lot of families. But <clears throat> you have to have open and honest communication, meaning that you're always open to communicate certain things. And what I mean by open communication, you have to also be a respectful of the person that you want to have a, a conversation about. The best time to have a serious family conversation is not when your husband comes home from work. It's not when your wife comes home from a trip. <clears throat> it's, it's not at those points. You got to begin to have a level of empathy and understanding enough to say, okay, when is the best time to have this conversation? That's open communication. This is where these are the times I'm open for communication. And when it comes to something serious or significant, because of the stress and the weight certain conversations comes with. It also says, uh, yeah, so that's it. A, align values. Very important. Align values. A lot of the entrepreneurs that come to me, I put them through this family unit, this family framework, and I'm going to give it to you for free as well. Well, they, they pay for it, but I'm giving it to you for free. Um, align values. Ensure that your entrepreneurial pursuits align with the values and principles shared by your family through the word of God. This alignment creates a cohesive foundation for both personal and professional endeavors. So what are the core values that will guard you from being devalued in a dark, satanic, sick, at times, marketplace out there in the world? So align values. Ensure that your entrepreneur pursues align with the values of your family. Make sure it aligns with the values of the word of God. So it's very important to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to study selfish ambition. I'm going to study what it means to be a family man, a family woman. I'm, I'm going to study different things so that I can establish the core values to make sure that I'm not poor in value. Mm. If, you don't, if you and I don't have strong core values, we'll be poor in value. Core values ensure that you remain valuable. So when I have core values, when it comes to integrity, when it comes to respect, when it comes to communication, core values, when it comes to boundaries, when you have those core values, you will always sustain value. You will be integral. You will be trustworthy. You will be respected in your home and beyond. So what are your core values? What are certain lines you won't cross no matter what they or what no matter who asks you to cross them? That it doesn't matter how lucrative that business deal is if it doesn't align with your core values, I rather for you to miss out on that than to miss out on this. 
in life as an entrepreneur, as a person in ministry, wherever you are, you're going to be faced with things that are going to come against core biblical values. And if you don't have those core biblical values already established, then what you have established will be destroyed. So you have to align values. Ask your wife, what, what, what do you value in a, in, a, in a home? Kids, what do you value in a home? If they're mature enough to even articulate what value is. But you can, you can, you, the wife will tell you, whoever's around the kids the most, whether it's the husband or the wife, they'll tell you what they value the most. And then say, you know what, let's create core values together, <clears throat> family values, so that as I go out here in this world and be entrepreneurial, I won't be devalued because I'm not honoring those core values. It says, ensure that your entrepreneur pursues align with the values and principles shared by your family. This alignment, you cannot feel your assignment in your home and beyond your home if your home is not in alignment. It creates a cohesive foundation for both personal and professional endeavors. So you got to go to the word of God and say, what does God value about husbands, wives, families? And then begin to talk amongst your family because usually your family, if they talk from the true authentic selves, from their authentic selves, they're going to express what the Bible has already expressed is as a core value. F, foster communication. A, align values. M, manage time wisely. Prioritize and manage your time effectively. Time management is life management. Life management is family management. Allocate dedicated family time and avoid overcommitting to work responsibilities to maintain a healthy work-life integration. Read again. Prioritize and manage your family time. So you got to prioritize. And some people, they'll, they'll prioritize, but they're not skilled in management. Oh, they anybody can write a list of what should come first, second, third, fourth, all the way to 10. The issue is not prioritizing. The issue is prudence. The issue is managing it. Allocate dedicated family time and avoid overcommitting to work responsibilities to maintain a healthy work-life integration. So you got to say, okay, if this is my family time, everybody on your job should know when your family time is. Everybody who's trying to do business with you, who does business with you, should know, uh, yeah, don't call him at the five. Why? Man, he ain't going to pick up. Actually, his voicemail says, if you get his, his automatic text says that uh, I'll get back to you eight o'clock in the morning. Oh, oh, I got to I got to call. Man, I got to call him at 730. No, I don't call him then. Don't call her then. Yeah, he, she ain't going to pick up. It's 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 Ashton Stone. And since you care about maintaining family integration. You sustain that boundary. And you do whatever it takes to make sure you don't overcommit. I invest in relationships. Recognize the importance of nurturing relationships within your family. Allocate quality time for each family member. Fostering strong emotional connections amid your business endeavors. You have to invest if you want their best. You have to invest. If you want their best, I don't care if if you and that particular film member are, are opposite ends of personality. Invest, find a middle ground. 
draw near and they'll draw near. Listen, as the parent, you 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 can't make excuses because your parents was bad. You got to say, okay, I got to talk to my heavenly dad and say, hey, how do I need to be as an earthly dad? And yeah, the middle child may be difficult, but you got to get in there. Yeah, you may not be into archery, but you're going to have to shoot that bow and arrow, right? Like when my niece asked me, she asked me one time, hey, can you come outside and shoot a bow and arrow? I've never shot a bow and arrow in my life except the little sticky ones, the one that we had as a kid, and you shoot it at a mirror and it sticks to the mirror. That's the last time I did archery, but that probably built a stronger bond between me and her. It doesn't. So what I'm saying is with kids, like it doesn't matter what they ask you. My nephew asked me to play 2K. I get in that 2K and I don't get in my feelings if I lose. Like I'm not, if I, I don't care how bad I am right now. I used to be good at 2K, but I ain't played 2K. Only time I play 2K is when I'm with my nephew or people or at the school. But I'd rather be a fool to make sure he's filled. If my little niece want to talk all day about whatever she's going through, I'm going to listen and I'm going to invest because those bonds matter. My sisters, if they call me right now, I gotta pick up. I'm, 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 I'm I, every my, my little my little sister don't understand how much I think about her because I remember one conversation she had with me when she was like, "I wish I had what my older sisters had." And so what she said was, she was young when I was when I was uh, uh, younger and wasn't married and all that kind of stuff. I was always over there, and so she saw at a young age how they they had that big brother. And there's times where she don't even know. I'm thinking about, oh, that's gonna come a time. I'm gonna surprise and pick her up every time. Every time I see a story, I try to I try to comment on on something or I'll send her a message. I may not be able to do what I did for them to her at the capacity at the time because where my life is, but I'm going to try. I'm going to try something until I have a time where I can actually spend that time she needs from big brother. So if I don't invest, I can't expect their best. And then when it comes to my wife, I got to invest. I got to invest. If I don't, man, I can't expect her best. If I don't invest my best, I can't invest what's what's left. I got I to gotta invest what's best. So recognize the importance of nurture relations with your family. Allocate quality time for each family member individual so they can feel like they're valued to you. They should not feel that you love this kid more than them. They shouldn't feel that you love the church more than them. They should not feel that you love business more than them. And you can balance that out. You can polish that out. You can refine that. If you just give quality time, A, F, foster communication. A, align values. M, manage time wisely. I, invest in those relationships. L, leverage strengths. Identify and leverage the strengths of each family member. This collaborative approach ensures that everyone contributes to the success of the family or business based on their unique skills. So after you invest, leverage strengths. You have a business, you have goals and aspirations. Make if you make them feel valued, they'll love to work with you. I have already installed in the framework of my business, entrepreneurial, and ministry endeavors certain family aspects that will but on default involve my family. So if someone wants to book me to go speak and you're taking me away from my family, you have to buy if my wife wants to go, that's only if she wants to go. And I'm sure if it's somewhere nice, she's going to want to go. You're going to have to get three plane tickets. If not, I can't go. I'm sorry. 
unless my wife says go get that bag. Now I'm gonna go talk to her, babe, and she's gonna be like, take at least take someone with you. I'm gonna take someone. But if you can't pay for my ticket, my wife's ticket, and one of my niece's tickets to help her with, with my with the baby girl, then I can't go. I want them involved. If you if if you do if you can't consider my family, I'm not involved. There's certain things that we go if you want me to go. Like, like when business start taking off, who are the first people I'm going to hire? People in my family. You see what I'm saying? Close and extended. So use leverage and strength. If you invest in them, then they'll invest back. That's why I honor and respect family businesses. Oh, I'm going to get to question in a minute. I respect family business where you begin to watch on diners, drivers, and dives that that the the, the, the sons work with the dad and, and, the, and the daughters help. And some of that is cultural. But I, I wanted to be where I'm not going to force my kids to work with me. But because they love me, they're going to want to work with me until they branch off and create their own entities and pursue their own thing. I'm talking about between the ages of uh, uh, competency and them finding their uh, uh, identity in, in business or whatever it is. They're going to want to be work. I want to work with dad. Where dad going? Are you going to work? I'm going with you. That's what I'm talking about. And then since they come with gifts and talents, then they're able to contribute, creating a bond. Last but not least. Yearn for growth and you oh wrong one. Give me one second. I didn't I didn't get the right one. I was I was putting these notes together so fast. Please forgive me. I didn't transfer these notes over. Let me let me get this note and I'm gonna get to the worksheet and um get up out of here. Uh here we go. <clears throat> Why yearn for growth and yield to God? Strive for personal and professional growth. While recognize the divine guidance in your journey, you do those and I do those in our lives a disservice if we don't grow. If we don't grow, nothing can flow. If we don't grow, things start to slow. So when you begin to grow in the things of God, growing in faith, growing in love, growing in joy, growing in peace, growing in understanding, growing in exegetical ability, grow in studying in God's word, grow, grow, grow mentally, emotionally, fit the spirit. You start growing, man, your family naturally grows. You get better, they get better. Yield to God's wisdom, seeking his guidance and purpose in your family's uh, endeavors. Trusting in God's plan as a spiritual dimension to your familypreneurship, fostering a sense of purpose and alignment with higher principles. The business world out there, they don't have a lot of family principles. That's why a lot of people love to do business with married people. Like there was someone that told me about a movie about a guy who wasn't married, but he wore a wedding ring in business uh, negotiations or in business like partnership meetings. And he got the partnerships because people look at, oh, if he's married, he has a foundation. Do you know how much a blessing a family is to those in the marketplace and why people tend to do business with family men more than any other men? Because they know those family men have responsibilities. They know those family men are, are, are was if, if, if any woman wants to even be with a man like him, then obviously it, I don't mind being in partnership with a man like him. So the countenance of your wife, fellas, plays a huge part on how people want to connect with you. People don't mind connecting me because they see they see my wife in church. They see my wife at basketball games. Kids will talk about how, man, y'all relationship goals. 
because my wife in the middle of the game for a whole quarter, she'll lay her head on my shoulder. That right there says volumes because I've seen a bunch of men who wives don't that have a, a, a poor di disposition around them. But for a woman to be that free in an open environment to, to, to display some level of affection like that, yo, I look for that. And people do too. So I pray this message was a blessing to you all. Blessing to everyone that that um that needs this. Oh, I forgot to read this. By incorporating these family-oriented points into your entrepreneurial journey, you can build a successful family-centered business that not only thrives professionally, but also strengthen the bonds within your family unit. For those who's watching right now, you say, Coach. This message brought me to tears. This, this emotion got me reflecting. This message got me thinking. And coach, man, God wired me for this ambition. God, I'm a, a coach. I'm one of those people that go out there and go get it, coach. But man, I'm feeling the cores and bonds between my spouse loosening. I'm feeling in real time the cores and bonds between my children loosening. Coach, man, I am actually exhibiting some of those habits you're talking about where I'm nervous and I'm scared that I might lose my family. If you're in that position, man, reach out to me. Go to my website, mycoachjosh.com. Check out my fulfillment group coaching program designed for you to help you become that family man, that family woman, that, that person that desires to fulfill higher. And if you want this to, to experience a transformative journey, where you can become the man of God, the woman of God, the husband, the wife, the parent of God that God has designed for you to be. And my friend, this is for you. And if you're listening right now and you're the wife of a man who needs this, or you are the husband of a wife that needs this, or, or you are a child, grandchild, uh, whether older or younger, of someone that needs this, then send them this at the one minute and 20 mark or let them watch this completely so they can be able to see the holes that's keeping them from being the complete person they need to be to ensure emotional bonds, mental bonds, physical bonds, spiritual bonds between the family. It's tight. So if this pertains to you, check out that group coaching program. I'll post that link uh, right now for you so that you'll be able to uh, learn more about it. And also check out my book, Multipurpose. That's another great tool and resource for those. So they're going to link there. Let me go ahead and get the worksheet up and make sure I got the worksheet up. Um, so if you want the worksheet that will help you create that family bond and begin to have a uh, real raw conversations, then go to uh, mycoachjosh.com forward slash worksheets. And we'll go ahead and get that. Uh, you'll get that worksheet for free. And that's a family tool that I use in my coaching programs to help um, marriages and such. And if you need that marital support, that fulfillment program is for couples as well. So let me go ahead and pull that up. I was going, going along, but it's Saturday. And I want to make sure you guys and gals get everything you need um, support-wise. Let me see. Where is the worksheet? Where is the worksheet? Oh, you know what? Give me one second because this is very valuable information that I want to make sure you guys that y'all have. Uh, give me one second. I thought I had it up. 
Here we go. Here it is. Oh. There we go. Family. There we go. Family Framework Worksheet. This worksheet is designed for you to assess whether you're giving your best to your family. And it has an opportunity for you to have a family meeting to cultivate certain core values. So for each family member, assess the current state of your relationship on a scale of one to 10. One being low, two being high. How effectively do you communicate with your family, for, with each family member? Is it uh, 10? Excellent. Good, seven to nine. Fair, four to six. Poor, one to three. Reflection, what communication patterns do you notice within your family? In what ways can communication be improved to enhance family connections? Alignment of values. To what extent do your family values align with each other? Reflection questions. Time management. So each one of those have those different type of reflection questions to go through. Also, we also have step two, family meeting and values development. Schedule a family, family meeting. Set a date and time for a family member to, to discuss the assessment and plan for the future. Ensure all family members can attend, can join or attend. If it's a baby, bring the baby in there anyway. <laughs> Reflection questions for each. What is important to, why is it important to schedule a dedicated family meeting? Think about that. What expectations do you have for this meeting and how do you envision it benefiting your family? Discuss assessment findings. Share the assessment results with your family. Encourage open dialogue about areas that need improvement and celebrate strengths. What emotions arise when discussing the assessment finding? findings with your family. Define family values, collaboratively establish core values that reflect the principles of your family. So you see how valuable this worksheet is, man. One of the most valuable resources that I have in my fulfillment coaching program that obviously I'm giving to you for free um, because I know that it's going to change and transform your life. And if you need help beyond that, um, then contact me. I'm here and excited to coach. Let's answer a couple of questions that I'm going to go. Faye says, what is God... Uh, what does God has? Why does God have? Okay. Uh, he says, okay. Faith says, I'm an entrepreneur and I have been praying to God to be able to connect more with family and friends. I pray about this. I talk to God. So, oh man, let me see if I understand your question. Give me one second. Let me see if you wrote anything else. Why is God, why does God isolate you? I'm guessing is what you're saying, friend. I'm an entrepreneur. I have been praying to God to be able to connect. So, the thing is, many times we pray to God, but we don't prepare for God. We pray to God, but we don't prepare for God. So in everything that you're praying, do you have corresponding practices to match what you're praying? So if you're praying to God to connect more with family, God is not going to make you connect more to family. He's going to urge you to do what you have to do to actually connect with family. So what you do is you start reaching out. Call every other week. Uh, 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 come to grips with your introvert introvertedness, if that introvertedness, if that's an issue. Begin to say, okay, what baby steps can I take? Because most of us, we pray, but we don't prepare. We pray, but we don't practice the prayer request. So if the prayer request is to become more connected with my family, then I got to practice connection with my family. And then I actually become the person that can connect with family. Hope they help. Shamika says, this live is right on time. Mama Sita says, truth, Mama Sita. That's cool. That's great. That's great. That's good. 
Antonia says, to understand God's divine will for men and women, house bands and wives, or husbands, house bands and wives takes a level of human. It sure does, my friend. Zelda says, excellent teaching. God gets the glory. Last two questions. I got to go. Shamika says, what about protecting yourself from burnout? Great question. I just want to do a video this week on burnout. Sometimes I feel like I pour myself out to the people I care about to the point to where I get overwhelmed or overstimulated. She says, I work in a career that requires me to transfer a lot of my energy, mental, physical, and emotional energy. So I feel pulled from a lot of different directions. My sister, I understand. Here's the value that I'm going to give you. You must determine how much of your value you distribute. Now you got to start asking yourself, is this a seasonal thing with the company I'm in? Is this a seasonal thing in my aspirations? Where in my life am I not balanced? Where in my life do I don't what do I not have boundaries? Where in my life have I yet to bend my knee in prayer about to ask God how to properly distribute my energy? And so when you begin to pour yourself out, then you got to assess how much you pour. And ask yourself if they're too poor for you to pour. Some people are too poor for you to pour. They're, they're too poorly constructed, meaning they have holes in them. That no matter how much you pour in them, there's waste. You have to begin, you have to start delegating your, your pouring in areas of reciprocity. What do you get, right? Fulfillment is a revolving thing. Whatever I feel makes me full. That's fulfillment. I'm only supposed to feel. I'm only supposed to feel what I meant to feel. So you're full. There's three parts in fulfillment. Fulfillment. You are all you are full enough to only feel what you was meant to feel. Let me say it again. You are only God only brings you up to a level of fullness to feel what you was meant to feel. Now you have to ask yourself, what Am I feeling that was not God's design or what he meant for me to feel? A lot of us are feeling areas that God never gave us clearance for. It looked good. It sounded good and all that good stuff, but it wasn't what God wanted us to do. And we start overly committing. We start pouring out and we have to ask ourselves, what is my motive for my poor? Am I too poor to pour? Meaning, what is it? Do, do I need external validation? Do I have a people pleasingness about myself? Do I have a Jesus complex about myself? Do I have a perfectionistic ideology about myself? What about me? Have I yet to have God to patch up that's making me too poor to pour? Because every time I pour, I stay poor. When you pour, you're supposed to be richly supplied, whether by God graciously filling your cup because you did something on behalf of him or the thing you're feeling naturally fills you up with joy. So what I want you to do, my friends, write on a sheet of paper, everything that you are committed to, every person that you're committed to. And I want you to write on a sheet of paper 100 percent at the top. And then I want you to begin to determine how much of that 100 percent. Or if you feel like you in burnout, which you already said, then put 120%. Ask yourself, out of that 120% of the energy that you give that's leading to burnout, how much of that percentage is each individual and each thing is giving? Ask yourself, is this a seasonal thing or is this a quote-unquote eternal thing? Like, like, is this something that I'm going to have? For instance, for my life, I have to ask myself, how much of me percentage wise does my wife get on average? 
So what happens is on my job, when I begin to realize, Josh, you can't just try, you can't fit six kids of counseling in one day. That's going to naturally drain your energy and you're not going to have any energy at home. So what I start doing, begin to filter out these requests. I begin to ask my heart, consult my heart, audit my heart and ask myself, Josh, is your heart too big? And I begin to realize, God help me to realize that, Josh, you can't solve fatherlessness. Fatherlessness will drain you till you're out of here. If you try to be a father or you try to uh, uh, give father-like tendencies and if you're always trying to be uh, uh, who who you can't be in the full capacity, then you can't, when you got 20, 30-something kids looking to you in that regard and you always making time for everyone, then you're not going to be able to have time for the right ones. So what I start doing is if you're just talking about stuff that ain't really got stuff to do with what requires my time right now, I filter them out so that I can have more energy. So that when I come home, it's not just me giving my, my wife negative 20. So what you got to do is write 120 because you over, you, oh, you're burnt out. Put 120 and ask yourself, how much energy does each of these things get? And then ask yourself, how much of these things add when I pour? Which one of these are broken vessels that every time I pour into this person, it gets drained? And you have to learn how to be detached. Some people got to say, you know what? I've outgrown you. That. I can't pour into you anymore because you're too poor for me to pour. So 120, then ask yourself, what is at, what is taking, what is causing you to be in burnout? And then over time, you'll begin to see that 120 get down to 100. And then you'll begin to see that 100 turn into 85. Because then that 15% of excessive energy is surplus. And then you can reinvest that energy back into yourself whether it's courses, whether it's whether whatever improvements that you need to make to add more vitality, because you never want to be on E and you never want to be burnt out because it doesn't matter how beautiful the car is. If it's out of gas, it won't drive. Gotta go. Love you all. Check out my books. Don't have time to go through them all. Links in the description box below. Uh, I always got time. Multi-purpose book is a book for people who want to better understand their multiple purposes. Great book, great resource for those who are, are resonating with this video. Uh, if you're struggling with soul ties and strongholds and it's keeping you from holding your family together and your family is falling apart because of what fell apart with your ex and you still got attachments to them, this book is for you. If you're in a situation right now where you're pursuing someone or something and you're not quite sure it's God's best, this book will help you properly test. And this book is called Counterfeit a Counterpart. If you're struggling with your feelings, your feelings is getting in the way of you fulfilling your role as a husband or a wife or a parent, and your feelings is causing toxicity and troubles and drama and stuff in your home, then this book, Facts of Your Feelings, is for you, my friend. If you want to learn how to hold your family well and be strong and hold them, this book, Hold is going to be a great with you. Also, card game that is fun, man. It's a great card game. If you're a person that's a single entrepreneur or a single individual, you want to make sure that you're maximizing your singleness enough to make sure that your family doesn't have to compete, then this book's a great book for you. Dating Prep is a great book right here to help you ask certain people the right question. There's a lot of women who regret marrying that ambitious man. There's a lot of men who regret marrying this ambitious woman, but they didn't have the right questions. 
Then they ask the right questions. And so this book right here will help you ask the right questions. And if you are already married and you guys are just in the turbulence of marriage, these are great questions for you to build your marriage as a corporation. And if you're single, this is a great book for you to make sure that you have your non-negotiables ready. If you want your children to start their art early, find a purpose early, then this book, as he says, would be a great book for them. And if you're struggling with spiritual warfare, and you want to better understand the whole armor of God, this book, World War Me, will be a great book for you. We also have merch, all that good stuff on our website. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. We got one invaluable. God bless you. So welcome, my sister. I'm going to chop this video out for you uh, so you can have it. Uh, and for, I, I think the answer is going to bless a lot of people. Love y'all. got to go. Uh, peace. And thank you all for your generosity in advance for those who are getting programs, getting books, all that good stuff, man. I know those resources are going to be valuable to you. Thank you in advance. Those who's giving right now, who's just throwing the support and just be a loving. Um, thank you so much for your generosity in advance. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. I just want to make sure I say thank you because you guys are supportive. Love y'all. Peace.